On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk about finally resolving the issue with my car, about why you should have a staggered approach to dropping things off and adding them back into your life. And I make the case for why you should be businesslike in everything you do and try and become a professional at life. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 153 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is a place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new and something that isn't guaranteed with this podcast apparently is video because I'm back in Corby this week and I don't have all of the bits I need to make a video episode work this week. So I imagine by the fact that you're hearing this, you're listening on one of the podcast platforms. If you're looking for this on YouTube, if you have gone to look for it, it's not going to be there this week. I just don't have what I need to make it work. And I'd rather not put up some half-assed video shot on an iPhone. So there we go. But we're back. I hope you're well. I hope you've had a good couple of weeks since we last spoke. Uh, Thank you if you listened to last week's episode with Dr. Meg Arrell. I don't think I promoted that episode enough. It struck me today that I hadn't even shared on social. So I went and did it randomly at like 3 p.m. on a Thursday, six days after it came out because things were just busy this time last week and I didn't actually get around to doing it. But if you haven't already listened to that episode, I do genuinely think you should go back and listen to it. Meg has written a book called Tiny Traumas, all about exactly that, about these traumas which we pick up through life, which aren't big major things, right? They're not a car accident that we've been in or a family member dying when we're really young. They're just the kind of low level, difficult to recognize in the moment cuts and scrapes that life gives us through childhood, through school, through work, through finances. And Meg makes the case that left unattended, these tiny traumas, these tiny T's as she calls them, can actually have a really big impact. Because we've all had those moments in life where we look around us and nothing's actually wrong, right? It's not like we're, it's not like our house is about to be repossessed or somebody we know is really ill or we've just lost our job, right? There's no single thing that makes us feel a bit not okay. And yet we feel not okay. And this comes, Meg argues, from tiny traumas, which are not dealt with and therefore almost put this cloud over your head. And so if you've ever had that feeling of everything being fine, but you don't feel fine for whatever reason, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that conversation. It's a very quick one. It's like 45 minutes long and Meg does a really good job of summarizing all of the work and all of the research and all of the insight that has gone into her book. Um, And yeah, just give it a listen, see what you think. Other than that, just got a few updates to give you, to be honest. It has been a messy few weeks. Um, I don't even know where to begin. It's just not been all that overall productive. From a business point of view, from a work point of view, it has been fine. And I'll get on to in a minute the reason for that. I've been prioritizing the fundamentals in weeks like this because weeks like this always come around every year. Um, but you probably would have noticed if you follow me anywhere like Instagram that I just haven't really been producing content for the last few weeks, right? There's been no video posts. There's been no stories, really. I haven't really been speaking online. 
Similarly with habits, things like going to the gym, I just haven't been doing, haven't been going for my walks every day. All of these things that in a perfect week I would be doing, I haven't been doing, but I have been focusing on the fundamentals, if that makes sense, because this is something that I'm really trying to drive home this year. And forgive me, because I've definitely spoken about this before uh, in previous episodes this year already, but what I want this year to be about and what I think you should aspire to have this year be about for you as well is making the lows less low, right? Having a more consistent, a more even life to the point whereby when you have momentum and motivation on your side or time on your side or the space to do all of the things you want to do, definitely go ahead and do that. But have a system in place whereby you can discern what's important and what's not and prioritize things so that rather than a busy week or a curveball or an unexpected situation causing your entire life to fall apart for days or weeks or months or whatever it might be, actually just say, okay, I'm going to put these two things here on hold and I'm going to focus on these two things, right? And that's essentially what I've done. So having a a staggered approach to things dropping off and also having a staggered approach to adding things back in. So I'll talk about it a bit more in a minute, but the the car shop problem, as as I've been calling it for literally the last year, was finally, finally resolved last week. I swapped my car. Um, Shortest piece of context, if you don't know, I picked up a car from car shop, literally 367 days ago or something now. And the front left wheel from the day I collected it was making this really weird rubbing, whirring noise. Um, Car shop, in fairness to them, had it in countless times. I think it's had four sets of brakes over the ownership period that I had it, uh, two sets of tires. Like They've tried everything they could to fix this car and they couldn't. And so we, we reached a bit of a stalemate where they're saying that their mechanics couldn't find an issue with it so they can't accept a rejection. I was saying, okay, cool, but whether or not you can find an issue with it, we're all agreed that it's making this noise and that in itself is the issue, right? I don't care whether you can give it a name and say it's all X, Y, Z thing. And then halfway through this um, complaint, I say halfway through very recently, a few weeks ago, I decided to phone the Ford dealership who initially sold the car to the previous owner. So it's only had one previous owner I could see in the service history. And that previous owner seemed to be quite loyal to that dealership. They took it to the same place for all of their Uh, services and MOTs and whatever. So I thought, okay, if somebody is going to deal with a car that they've crashed in one way or another, they're going to take it to that dealership. So on an absolute off chance, I phoned this dealership somewhere in Nottingham, I think it was, and I described the issue. And I said, don't obviously divulge any information about the previous owner. I understand that you can't do that for data protection reasons. However, is there anything on the the service record through their dealership management system, their computer system? Is there anything on there that would explain the reason why this car is making this noise? And very long story short, there was the previous owner um, twatted the car into a curb or something, I imagine. So they brought this car into the dealership with what the dealership recorded as impact damage, which sounds like they've crashed it into something. Impact damage to the front left wheel causing the brakes to make a funny noise and a whirring noise to be there when it was driven. But the customer couldn't get their insurance to pay out or something, and also they didn't want to pay to have it repaired themselves. So the dealership system basically explains that this wasn't repaired, and then very shortly after that, the car was sold. So 
I was in this situation where I had a car which had in one way or another been crashed, had as far as I knew not been repaired properly, that couldn't be repaired by car shop, but car shop weren't willing to take it back because they couldn't find something that they could single out and say, this is the fault. So very long story short, I worked with a couple of the senior people in the Cardiff branch of car shop and we came to an arrangement where they basically purchased the car back from me, not for the full price that I paid, but for an amount which was close to what I needed to swap into another car. I put like a grand and a half into the deal. They put a few thousand pounds into the deal out of their pocket and we basically came away somewhat even, swapped into another car, got that sorted. But this is all to say that that was a, particularly over the last two weeks when I had to really get it sorted, reserving the new car, sorting out everything, swapping from one to the other, just untold numbers of plates had to be spun all at the same time. And by the way, all out of the blue, right? Because I didn't know that they were going to make that counter offer. I didn't know that I'd need to move so quickly to make it work. And also things like my MOT and my insurance were coming up for renewal. So I wanted out of that car before all of that happened. This is all to say, I promise these two points are related. You'll see where I'm going here. This is all to say that life threw at me a huge curveball, right? Which meant that I didn't have time to do everything I needed to do. It was literally like a full-time job over the past two weeks sorting out that car swap because it wasn't walking into a dealership and buying a car. It was all the paperwork and back-end stuff of essentially swapping one car for another, which meant that I needed to prioritize. I needed to, rather than what happened last year, so many times that I've told you about, where I, I almost hit a brick wall because I'm trying to do too much and then everything falls over and I get nothing done and I need to do this big reset right on Monday. I'm going to start again with la la la. I didn't want that to happen again for the reasons that I won't bore you because I've spoken about this before, but essentially for the reasons that I've outlined before that having to stop and, and restart takes massive effort. Whereas if you can keep some of those plates spinning by prioritizing the important plates, the plates which you can't drop. It just makes it so much easier to keep going, to keep that momentum in life, but also, crucially, to spin the other plates far sooner, right? So this wasn't a week which saw me hit a brick wall and have to begin again. This was a week where I thought, you know what, or two or three weeks, whatever it's been, where I'm like, you know what, content right now, not going to focus on it because I don't need to, right? Don't really need to. I want to, but I don't need to. Guest outreach for the podcast, promoting the podcast would be nice. Don't need to do that right now. Uh, going to the gym is another great example. Like waking up at 6am, going to the gym, going on my hour long walk every day. Haven't been doing those things, but what I have been doing is focusing on the things that come before that, right? The, the layers below that, which keep me in check. And essentially they have been sleep just making sure that I'm getting eight hours of good sleep, like as a complete non-negotiable because good luck dealing with anything crucial in life when you're sleep deprived. I recognize that that would be a, a poor setup. So focusing on sleep and also focusing on the business, focusing on work, right? Focusing on client delivery and making sure that everything is being delivered to all of our clients exactly as it should be and when it should be, but also making sure that everything internal at Pata is being dealt with. So I've basically had these really stripped down days over the past few weeks where I, I mean, we use Asana and I use Google Calendar and all this like productivity planning stuff. But essentially on top of that, I've just opened a Google Doc each night to plan the next day. And I've made the most like prescriptive, detailed, 
point by point by point list of every single thing I need to do that day from literally at the top is like, wake up, have electrolytes, get ready all the way down to, you know, all of the work I need to do, all of the emails and admin in the middle of the day. And then even like have a bath tonight, go to bed, like everything. So that I know that I can live my life through that list on the weeks when I need to, where I almost need these kind of barriers either side of me to just keep me focused on what is important. Because when you focus on what is important, it stops you from falling behind, right? Good luck finding balance in your life if you're falling behind on sleep. Good luck finding balance in your life if you're falling behind on work. Because what happens when you fall behind on work? Well, you have more to do next week and issues and problems and concerns and complaints grow out of that lack of output. And so essentially that's what I've been trying to do, right? Scaling back on the things which are optional, scaling back on the things which aren't as important so that everything keeps going more generally and so that I can get started again sooner. How I connected those points, I don't know, because in my notes of what I'm going to speak about today, one of them is telling you about the car shop problem. And one of them is talking about a staggered approach to dropping things off and adding them back in. Apparently, I've just told you both of those all at the same time, but there is definitely something in that because I have essentially devoted this week to those kind of lists to make sure that actually, in some sense, I've been doing more than I need to in the business this week to allow that little bit of wiggle room next week to then add back in waking up early, add back in going to the gym, add back in having that hour in the middle of the day to go for a walk so that by the 1st of March, say, everything will be back going again. And it won't be back going again forever because, of course, there will be another curveball just around the corner in a few weeks' time. But focusing on doing what you can do when you can do it is a far better approach than trying to do everything and then eventually doing nothing, right? That's what I did last year. I'm not doing that again this year. I believe if you find yourself in a similar situation that you should do the same. And then the second note I've got what I want to speak about um, is being businesslike in everything you do. The words I've actually got is be a professional at life because I don't even know what caused this for. I wrote this down randomly like two or three days ago. But if you look at the people who do well in life in any domain, whether it's business, sport, raising a family, fitness, just being happy, generally well-rounded, right? They are people who, although it seems like what they're doing is quite effortless. They are incredibly effortful. They are incredibly intentional in what they do, right? The people around us, at least I observe, who are happiest and most able and are getting the most out of life are doing it by no mistake. It's not an accident that the people who achieve the most achieve the most, right? It's not an accident that those who get nothing done get nothing done. I think that the thing which separates people who genuinely get the most out of life and those who just kind of brush their way through life saying, ah, it'll be okay. Uh, I'll just, I'll do that next year. And the people who are professionals at life. And what I mean by this is you don't need to take yourself seriously, right? This isn't living a boring life that's so prescriptive that actually you don't have any fun, but you should take whatever it is you're doing in the moment, whatever it is that you've told yourself you're going to do in this exact moment you should take that seriously. And this, this comes back to the idea that we've spoken about a lot, which is the idea of the boss brain and the worker brain. So you split your planning approach to life into two halves, right? Or two areas, they're not quite half. You, you're spending, say, 10% of time being the boss brain that is 
a mode which you're in where you're planning what you're going to do to make sure that your to-do list, your schedule, your diary, whatever it might be, is moving you towards your goals in work and fitness and life and family and whatever, right? Planning. And then for the other 90% of the time, you're the worker brain who just essentially blindly follows that list. And the boss brain, if you follow this method, or the person who planned your day for you, i.e. a past tense version of you, has told you, if you're planning your days, this is what you should be doing in any moment. And even if you don't have a schedule, like there is something which you should be doing right now. There's something which in four hours time you should be doing. At 2am this morning, you should probably be sleeping, right? So if you take whatever it is you should be doing, having already planned it so that you're strategically living anyway, and then you take incredibly seriously that thing which you should be doing now, that is essentially a single action, a single mindset, which separates you from almost everybody because almost everybody is just fucking winging it. And I don't even mean that in a good way, right? Because yes, also all of the highest achievers in life are also winging it and they don't trust themselves in the way it looks like they do. And they don't have the abilities that you think they do, but that's another conversation, right? Most people are winging it and deciding on a whim based on things like their feelings and their energy level right now, what they should be doing. And then if they don't feel like doing something, they won't do it. Or if they do feel like doing something, they'll do it whilst trying to do three other things and distracting themselves and having a conversation. If you treat every single area of your life like this is your life's work, like this single thing that you're doing right now, whether it's sitting with one of your parents and having a coffee, focus on doing that, right? Be a professional having a conversation with a family member of yours who won't be there forever. If it's going to the gym, right, rather than turning it into a fucking social outing where you take nine Instagram stories or half-ass it or don't hold yourself accountable or any of these things that we all do that are our downfalls in all these different areas, just question for a moment, what would it look like going to the gym if I was a professional at this, right? If, if going to the gym was incredibly seriously for me, what would my mindset be like? At what time of the day would I go? Would I eat beforehand? Would I eat after? How hydrated would I be? Would I record the sets and reps I do? Would I make sure that I have a certain playlist on? When you're in work, even if you don't enjoy your job, right? You might hate your job, but I promise you every single job is easier to get through the day, is easier to get through the year and find another job and do whatever it is you want to do. If you're taking the task seriously, there are a lot of people who think they hate their job, but they're just not doing their job to the best of their ability. Right. And like I just spoke about, what is the note actually? Let me find it. Cause I just read it on the other point. Um, I said, good luck finding balance if you're falling behind when I was talking about the reason why sleep and getting things done professionally are the two things that I'm focusing on as non-negotiables this year you might hate your work, but if you're not dealing with your work professionally in such a way that means that your manager is pressuring you or customers are getting pissed off or your output isn't sufficient or you're not progressing in the way you should be, that's going to make it even worse. So even in a job you hate, being a professional has upside, right? And I just, I just think there's something to this idea to treat whatever it is you're doing as the most important thing in the moment, because by definition, the fact that you have chosen to do it means that it is the most important thing in the moment. 
even relaxing, right? I am so bad from time to time at actually just switching off and realizing that I need to take a day or a weekend or even like a few days within a week to just scale back and do less, right? If your output overall in life is dependent on having moments when you relax and switch off and slow down, then you have to do that as a professional as well, because that is something which is playing into the overall performance you achieve in life, right? There's definitely something to this idea. And I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm articulating this particularly well right now. Let me know if not. I'll try and revisit it in a few weeks' time. But essentially what I'm getting at here is that the vast, vast majority of people just don't take anything seriously. Because there's always next year. There's always next time. There's always, I'll be happy when I'm in another job. I'll be happy when I have this thing. So I don't need to focus on this Tinder date because there's always enough. Just take everything seriously. Give yourself the respect that you deserve in any given moment by focusing on the thing that you've chosen to invest your time in because you're not getting that time back, right? So stop half-arsing things. Not to suggest that you are, but there's somebody out there who is, right? That's what this point is about. So there we go. Um, And the only other thing I want to talk about, because I touched on it very, very briefly a couple of weeks ago in the Q&A episode, is that in October, I believe it is, I'm going to be running the Cardiff Half Marathon I have not started training for that yet. I am embarrassingly unfit. If you look at the um, the heart health, I think it is, section on the Apple Watch app, I am teetering on like super below average. I don't know what the bottom level is, but there's there's four levels, right? There's like high, above average, below average, low, I believe. My cardiovascular health is just about to fall into low, right? not good at running, not even good at walking, frankly. Jesus, I get out of breath doing these podcasts sometimes. So it's going to be an absolute mission to get from genuinely not being able to run a single mile without, I mean, forget without, let's not actually caveat this, just let's leave it there. I could not right now, today, if you asked me to run a mile continuously, couldn't do it. So going from that to hopefully doing a half marathon in a good time will be a fun little challenge. I'll be telling you more about it as I get going. I think what I'm going to do is begin with the couch to 5k just to to get something in the tank and then build from there. I think until I can run 5k, it's it's pointless me even looking into how how does one train for a half marathon because like you got to break this down right. So I'm going to do the couch to 5k first. And then at some point during that process, I think I'll make a GoFundMe page. I'm doing it for the Alzheimer's Society. Um, and then I will be pestering you to donate at some point. And I hope you do. If you can, if you can't, don't worry. But that's what I'll be doing. So there we go. Um, and I think that's it. The only other thing I want to say, because this is something I've needed to tell myself over the past couple of weeks when things have got busy and it felt like some of the areas of my life have been lacking compared to where I wanted them to be before the end of February is that and I've said it before a million times, but a year is a long time, right? I know I speak about this all the time since that review in Dublin, but February, March, April, May, these months which are like after New Year's resolution season, but before summer where everything feels very exciting or before like September and October where you're slowly beginning to think about the end of the year, these are the dangerous months because these are the months where you forget what you set out to do this year, because January's a little bit behind us, but you're so far from December 
that you're not yet wondering whether or not you're going to hit those goals, right? They're, they're so far in the future that you don't need to care. I have been reminding myself this week, and I think you should do the same, that a year is an incredibly long time. So do not get lost in the middle of it. Keep sight of that end goal, right? Keep sight of whatever it is you're heading towards this year. And every few days, if you have a, a list of goals, like I told you to do, maybe you do, I don't know, every few weeks, sit down, review where you're at, take stock of the fact that most weeks are going to be suboptimal, right? Not every week is it going to be the case you're getting up and smashing it and doing everything and being this productivity superhero. None of us are, right? Look at the people on the internet who say they are. I promise you, they're not. But if you just keep in your head somewhere the fact that so long as you're moving in the right direction, you still have time on your side this year to do those things. So don't think that because it's March in a couple of days that it's game over. Just remind yourself that there is so much time left in this year. So go and do something about it. I think that's all I got. It's weird doing this, not on camera. I don't know where to look. That probably sounds really silly to everybody listening unless you record a two-camera podcast every week. But I almost stare down the camera lens when I record these as if I'm looking somebody in the eye and... I don't know. It feels more real when you do it that way because you can't kind of look around and pause for too long in a real conversation. Whereas right now I'm staring at the top section of a notes app on my computer screen in front of me and kind of darting around wondering where to look. And I feel like this episode has maybe been a little bit disjointed because of that. I'm not sure. I never remember what I say on these episodes until I listen back to them. However, you have now finished listening to this. So thank you as always for listening and making it this far. Next week, I think you're going to hear my conversation with Moshe Bar, if I remember correctly. And then a couple of weeks after that, it will be David Robson. Uh, I am recording, all being well, with Thomas Frank next week. Uh, and I'm talking to a couple of other, couple of other guests uh, as well. So yeah, exciting times. Thank you as always for listening. And I see you back here this time next week for episode number 154 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.